Voice of Fintech. Welcome to Voice of Fintech, a podcast mapping out Swiss and European fintech scene, aiming to inspire entrepreneurs to launch their new ventures and connect them with incubators, accelerators, business angels and VCs, and incumbents interested in partnerships. There are many potential entrepreneurs that are thinking about launching their new ventures, but many don't know where to start. Voice of Fintech will help you navigate Fintech ecosystem so you can get started more easily. My name is Rudy Fallad and I'll be hosting this podcast. Welcome to Voice of Fintech. Today we are at Station F in Paris and we're joined by Mazin, who is the co-founder of Toquity, which is an INSEAD alumni startup that took part in INSEAD Launchpad program at Station F. So welcome. Thank you, Rudy. Thanks for having me. Can you tell us a bit more about yourself and your team and your backgrounds and how that leads into Toquity idea? Sure. So I was a consultant, worked in the US for six years before INSEAD, and then actually met my co-founder during the INSEAD MBA program. We were both in the same section. And so we started working on this during that time. My co-founder comes from uh, the private equity area, and he worked in the private equity industry in Dubai for a couple of years before INSEAD. And our idea initially started off there. While we were in INSEAD, we developed it and started working on it as soon as we graduated. So what does Tokwiti do? Can you describe the problem that you're trying to solve? Yeah, so Tokwiti is a platform for companies and their employees, investors and lawyers to manage everything to do with the startup's equity. So the problem that we're trying to solve around equity is, is that of course, there are all these different parties that interact with the company's equity. And also because of the nuances and, and, and kind of the various rights associated with each different shareholder, equity can get quite complicated and uh, very time-consuming and, and tedious to manage. All right. So can you elaborate on this? Yeah. Yeah, certainly. So let's think about what equity means in a startup's context. So a startup, when you're formed as a founders, you, you, have, you own the entire company. And then you sell a part of the ownership of your company or some of your company's equity to raise funds. And so you sell it to an investor. Then the next part of this is getting employees. And you want to retain, you want to recruit and retain the, the top talent. So your equity comes in again, um, where you're again selling a part of your company or allowing someone to, to benefit in the future uh, profits of your company. And all of these components, the equity that you're given to, to different investors as a company grows, as well as the equity that you're giving to employees, anyone else involved in your company, sometimes advisors, they have different terms. And, and most importantly, there's often a lack of transparency. When you award an employee equity, they know that they're getting X number of shares in, in, in the company, but they don't know what it actually means and how much it could be worth. And, and this is one of the biggest problems that startups face. Equity is an important tool for recruiting, for, for financing, for all these crucial operations in a startup. But not everybody who needs to see it can properly you know, view a startup's equity, understand it, and interact with it. And that's the problem we're trying to solve. So who are your target customers? You mentioned the lawyers, the entrepreneurs, uh, the investors. So are these the three key groups? And who is really the priority for you for now? Yeah, so that's a good question. The priority is entrepreneurs or, you know, in the case of, of maybe a more mature private company, uh, the CFO and the, the finance team. And this is because they spend the most time managing equity and all these other groups interact with it. But our pr primary customers are the people who are actually managing and, and transacting with this equity. Okay. And uh, so you mentioned a little bit how you started with the venture, but in terms of a bit more detail, I mean, was it part of the course that you had to uh, do it instead or was your separate initiative while you were there? It was a separate initiative, uh, but one of the good things about INSEAD is it allows you to explore, explore different areas. And so what we did was we 
took a lot of this in, into account in our coursework and so tried to work on Toquity as class projects. But it was a separate initiative and we were allowed the time and flexibility to kind of work on it and participate in a few venture competitions, both at INSEAD as well as outside, uh, which kind of pushed us and helped us develop our business idea and get it to a good point so that we could really work on it when we graduated. And um, so where are you based? So right now we're based here at Station F in, in Paris. And yeah, we've, we've been here since January. We've been based in Paris since we graduated. Really and for well. now, your team is you and your co-founder, right? Yes. So it's just the two of us. We are fully bootstrapped. Uh, we're trying to do everything ourselves. And the biggest reason for this is because we can learn and really understand the product well and, and also iterate on it and continue to improve it with each additional customer that we get. Okay. And why did you decide to, to stay in Paris after, after Insel? So two reasons. One, because the startup ecosystem in Paris is growing and it's growing rapidly. And so it was a good market for us and for our product. A lot of people, there were a lot of companies that needed something like this. But also one other more specific reason was in terms of legislation. France was one of the few countries in the world at that point in time where you could store equity records on a blockchain, which we haven't really spoken about. But uh, that, that piece of legislation was, was really important for our long-term vision of making equity truly digital. All right. And obviously, you're part of the Inset Launchpad program. So how did you get in? What did you have to do? The process for getting into the Launchpad is, well, first of all, you need an INSEAD alum to be part of the team. And then you, are, you apply and you come out here and pitch to a few people. But we kind of started before that process and were talking to a few of the people at the Launchpad while we were in, in school at INSEAD. Yeah, then we kind of went through the process, uh, understood what it was about. And it was more a conversation of kind of explaining the value that we get out of the Launchpad as, as well as kind of what we could contribute to it. And, and so there was a fit. And so that's how we ended up here. So how did you like it so far? The thing with communities like the NCR Launchpad or, or really any other incubator accelerator is, is really what you learn from the startups around you, from your peers, as well as any other external advisors that can contribute to your business in the early phases. And, and that's what's been really important to us especially since it was two of us doing everything. There was a lot of stuff that we needed to learn. Uh, we were in you know, a new country where we're not familiar with the laws and legislation and how that worked, and it was a lot for us to, to learn. And learning from our peers, advisors around us, and uh, generally being able to tap into that network was very valuable. So where are you on your journey in terms of product development, geographic reach, funding or hiring, etc.? Yeah, so our product is ready. We have about 30 companies using it. In France, we are looking to expand outside of France and in the rest of Europe as well in the coming months. But right now, our focus is, is on Paris. In terms of funding, we now that we have a few customers and we've iterated on the product a little bit and we're quite happy with where it is, we're looking to raise funds towards the end of the year and have been having some conversations with investors, but not just for funding, also because investors are part of our customer profile. So we've been kind of understanding what they want out of this as well. But that's definitely on the horizon. And the other thing you mentioned was recruiting. So in terms of recruiting, we, you know, now, now that we feel like we're getting close to finding product market fit, we need to recruit a sales team as well as maybe hire a, a team of developers towards the end of the year after we, we raise some funds. Any numbers you can share in terms of clients? I mean, you said 30 clients, et cetera, or the names rather, you know, is any clients that you can uh, share their names? Yeah. So one of the, the bigger uh, clients we're working with, uh, they recently closed a series B round. Their name is Heach. Uh, they're a transportation uh, ride-sharing company based in, in France. And um, for them, they, they decided to give all the employees all over the world 
stock options and managing these option pools because you create different option pools at different points in time as well as you have different types of options in different countries managing this on a daily basis was was getting quite challenging and we were able to we're working with them still to kind of figure out how to streamline the process create more value for everybody involved so you, you talked about the problem that you're trying to solve and your target customers etc i mean how do you guys make money out of it or how will you make money out of this what we're doing is it's a SaaS company. We're charging companies to use the platform. We've tried to keep it not price it not too high, and we even offer a free version to smaller startups. But as the startups grow, uh, we we charge them a monthly fee, and this is the first part of it. But our longer term vision is to be able to facilitate transactions on a blockchain and and provide services around that, which is where we would uh, eventually kind of where, where we want to get to eventually. So if I were to challenge you a little bit, yeah. You know, there are term sheets and cap tables on the internet, etc. Somebody can download it, set it up in a spreadsheet. Why wouldn't they do this for free and uh, rather than paying you? Yeah, no, no that, that's a good question. The problem with spreadsheets is, well, first of all, it's a static point of view of your cap table at, at any point in time. What we're trying to create is a transaction-driven historical cap table so you can look at what happened at different points in time. Uh, but at the same time, what we're creating is a live version of your cap table. So it, it takes into account all the nuances associated with startup fundraising, like vesting schedules, dilutions, things like that, and updates it in real time as a transaction happens. What tends to happen with Excel-based cap tables is you have a lawyer having one copy that factors in one set of terms versus the finance people are looking at maybe different simulations or, or different uh, aspects of it. Uh, the company, they're managing stock options, and so then they have a different spreadsheet that they're tracking it in. And over time, discrepancies creep in, and you can even have, in some more extreme cases, mistakes on the cap table. And so that's why we believe that it's improving transparency, allowing everyone to kind of see the same cap table and the same set of records is really important for, for everyone involved. And a spreadsheet just doesn't work as the company grows and their equity structure gets more complicated. All right. So we talked about next steps for this year a little bit, you know, in terms of hiring and, and funding, etc. What is your long-term vision? You know, what are the milestones that are coming after in 2020 and, and, and your ambition after that? Our ambition is to make equity truly digital. So what that means is being able to store equity records electronically on a blockchain, which allows people to, to easily perform transactions, as well as maintain a ledger that is acceptable uh, as legal proof. So you can use it in courts and, and prove who owns how many shares in a company, uh, which is really important because the process today to do this is, is manual. It involves filling out a lot of forms, submitting it to the right government authorities, which, which also makes it expensive and, and very time consuming. Our vision is to make it digital so all of the terms associated can be converted to code. Anybody can see it. People can interact with it in a much better way. And, and that's what we want to get to eventually. The way that we do that is by onboarding companies, lawyers, investors onto our platform, learning from what features they need and kind of building and growing with our customers. And that's what we're trying to do. Uh, we know where we want to get to, but adoption of new technology, especially when it comes to something as sensitive as, as equity, takes time. And you kind of have to learn with and, and grow with your customers. And uh, that's, that's how we plan to get there. Great, Nazin. So good luck. And uh, just one last thing, where can interested parties reach you if they want to talk to you about using your product or joining you or investing in you? Our website is tokuri.io. You can find out some more information on our website and you can reach me on my email address, mazin at tokuri.io. So yeah, look forward to hearing from you and, and thank you very much, Rudy, for the time. Thank you, Mazin.